We've been waiting so long for this moment, for this week. It is finally here. UMAC Tournament Week is upon us. Thanks so much for joining us for yet another edition of Unlike Any Other, the UMAC. Ryan Mitchell, as always, thrilled to be joined by Wyatt Morrell. Wyatt, how you doing? I, I don't want to waste much time, Ryan, to be completely honest with you. I, I talk a lot on this podcast. I'm not going to try. Should. Well, as I should. I mean, it'd be kind of weird if we didn't talk. I guess you're right. But all I'm saying is there's so much to get into. This is what we've waited for all season. I don't need to spend a long time, you know, getting into anything here in this introduction, but I'm doing well and I'm excited to break down this field. Yeah, and it was a exceptional end of the regular season. Lots of twists and turns this final weekend, and we can get to that here shortly. But we're excited that we finally have a field set. As you and I have said before, as we'll say again, we wish it were five teams, but it's only four, okay? And we got to move forward with that, and we have to accept that. But before we get into actually breaking things down, Wyatt, you and I have been talking, and we thought, you know what? We need maybe just a little extra added juice as we record tonight on Monday, May the 9th. We need a little extra as we head down the stretch as people have been continually poking at us and telling us ever since this past winter when we were in the basketball season you got to get this guy on you got to bring him on the pod enough's enough we've had enough knocks on the door Wyatt finally we had to just open it up and say okay before we hit the end of this spring before we have our lawn hibernation before basketball season starts next year we finally got to get this guy on so without further ado we're going to peel back the curtain for you a little bit tonight folks Matthew Bauman joining us tonight on the podcast. Matthew, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. You know, I'm very excited to be on here with you guys tonight and talk some UMAC baseball. Yeah, and you know something, Matthew? I mean, we talked a little bit off the air before we hopped on here. I wanted to give you a chance to defend yourself. We talked about it off the air a little bit with the spreadsheet. I just have a tough time reading it. It's it's nothing personal when I come on here and I, you know, poke some jabs at you. I hope you know that. Oh, I know, but I really don't think it's a very complicated spreadsheet. More well, we'll, we'll agree to disagree, I guess. That That's all I got to say. Easier, if you had an easier scoring system, you could probably read it better. But <laughs> since you get one point for picking the right winner but the wrong number of wins in the series and three points for the correct number of games that they win, then it makes it difficult. I, I don't know. I'm hearing a lot of excuses, Ryan. I don't know about <laughs> you, but uh, now all of a sudden it's our fault? All you have to do is you have to look. You've got your prediction, how many points you got, and then at the top a running total. Well, hey, guess what? Me and Ryan tied with those predictions. You're going to make some predictions yourself tonight, and we're going to see uh, who comes out on top after this postseason tournament's done. So I hope you brought your A game and you're up to the task. Absolutely. Can't wait. Awesome. So, Ryan, I don't know how you want to go about this tonight. Well, first off, Matthew, why why don't you tell people who you are, I guess? I mean, the people around the Northwestern community know who you are, but there's a lot of people listening to this podcast. Maybe just give yourself a brief introduction. Yeah, so I have announced Northwestern baseball games for the past six years. And so if you've been to a Reynolds Field in the past six years, you've probably heard my voice over the speakers. And I grew up knowing Coach Sheeb, so he asked me in my senior year of high school, Knowing full well, both of us, that wasn't good enough to play at Northwestern. He asked if I wanted to be the student manager, and which I gladly accepted. And with that, I got to announce games, run the music, do stats, run the scoreboard, pretty much anything and everything in the press box. I've done stats for volleyball, basketball, um, softball, football, pretty much every sport that Northwestern has done stats for at some point, And it's a great gig. 
pretty much a Northwestern legend. I mean, that's that's what it sounds like to me. I don't know about you, Ryan, but this guy's been around the block a time or two. Yeah, you can label it how you want to. I mean, we'll we'll just press on. Yeah, I, you're not wrong. Yeah, you can label it that way. No. Um, yeah, we're, we're happy to have you on here, Matthew, and uh, do our normal banter back and forth and uh, just have you jump in whenever you'd like to as Wyatt and I look at what's been a fantastic UMAC year, Wyatt, and I know we want to get into predicting, okay? But I want to start right here, all right? We mentioned it last week when we talked, when there was so many games to make up. And the first thing I asked you, Wyatt, before even talking about trying to slot in, okay, who is going to be fighting for that final fourth spot and the third spot and the second spot and all that, because we knew Northwestern would probably finish on top with the schedule they had left. Folks, if you haven't seen, Northwestern is the number one overall seed. Okay, no shocker there. But now, Wyatt, before I talk about the two and three, I want to jump to the four, okay? We knew there was a couple teams in play. We knew it wasn't cut and dry. But before I even asked you who's going to get in that slot, I said, what are the odds you think that Morris gets all these games in, in the final week? Because they were the team that was in the biggest hole, okay, for games needed to be made up. When we talked on the pod last week, they had two they were supposed to get done against North Central, three they were supposed to play against Martin Luther College, three that they were supposed to play against Northland, and a pair that they were supposed to play against UW-Superior. And all of this, Wyatt, was supposed to happen in the span of just five days. I think you already know the answer, but Mm -hmm. do you understand? Actually, six days. Now i got to correct myself. But... Would you believe it if I told you? What if I told you? There's that whole bit again. No, they got all those games in. They got all those games in. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I almost wonder if that played into the final result. I mean, yesterday, I understand Superior came out and Morris handled them in game one, but then in game two, it kind of completely flipped. And I don't want to use it as an excuse, but they had just played so many games in such a short time. You wonder if they just ran out of gas. Well, yeah, and if I'm counting here on the fly uh, correctly, Wyatt, they got three and three is six, plus three is nine, plus two. I think they had 11 straight wins going into that second half of the double dip yesterday in Superior. Again, we're recording on Monday night the 9th. That would be Sunday night the 8th. I mean, they put themselves in a spot that not a lot of people thought they could get into, you know, through a good portion of this conference play. But they had some winnable games in front of them, if you want to call them that. But anytime you play that many games in a week, I mean, you can't guarantee next to anything. And yeah, it fell short on them. But why do you think that was just the difference? It was just one too many games that they were tasked to get. And by the time they reached the wee hours late night in Superior, Wisconsin yesterday, they just didn't have enough. Well, so by the way, on the UMAC website, it said these games were played in St. Cloud. Do you know if that was actually the case, or did they play them in Superior? I, I, I'm so, curious. So I'm going to go with... Website, the UMAC website says St. Cloud, but when I looked on the Superior website yesterday, they say in Superior. Okay. okay. I was going to say the same thing. Morris well, and Superior website say it was in Superior. Yeah, it so. wouldn't make any sense that it would be in St. Cloud. I was just curious because I saw that. <laughs> yeah. So... I, I don't want to use it as an excuse, Ryan, like I said. But, yeah, I mean, it plays a toll on you. When you play that many games in a row, your arms start to get tired. You have to go deeper and deeper into your pitching depth. And, I mean, I think they just kind of ran out of gas. But they gave us what we wanted. We wanted it to be compelling at the end of the season. We wanted there to be a little bit of drama, and they certainly provided it. Yeah, I mean, to when extend you look it. At... Go ahead, Matthew. Sorry. You look at what they did for the Player of the Week awards. I mean, they swept them for mm-hmm. the player and pitcher of the week and Alex Bauman, my cousin, my fake cousin. Um, I was going to say, he's not actually when, your cousin, right? 
No, he's not. He spells it the uh, with two N's instead of just one. Ah. And in their nine and one week, so they played ten games. He went twenty-two of forty-one for a five thirty-seven average with twenty-three runs, nineteen RBIs, five walks, and six steals, nine extra base hits, with two of them being bombs. I think that is an absolutely incredible week to help propel them to nine and one. Yeah, they did everything they could to put themselves in a position to potentially sneak in, and then they just didn't quite have enough at the end. With that being said, Ryan, uh, looking ahead now to the field that is set, I mean, you got Superior who snuck in as a four. You've got a good matchup with Crown and Bethany in the two, three. Northwestern, as we mentioned, obviously is the one. Was there any surprises throughout the course of the regular season? I guess I'll ask that to both of you guys. Was there any surprises throughout the regular season to get to this point? Did anything kind of stand out as we progressed forward? You go ahead, Matthew. You go first. I guess kind of the uh, the fact that Superior at the beginning of the year, we looked at when they split or took one from Northwestern and then followed it up with their performance against Bethany and to see how they progress throughout the year. And now it kind of feels like they're sliding into the tournament. And obviously they got their win that they needed yesterday to get in, but it'll be very interesting to see if the team that we see at Reynolds field on Thursday is the same team or how they are different than when we saw them at the very beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean that's that's a great point. Just to piggy piggyback off of off of that one, uh, and to answer your question, Wyatt, and I want to go back real quick to that series, Wyatt, that you and I hyped up so much when we were talking on the last pod, because this past weekend before they had those games against Morris, and then they got to the point last night where they had to win. It was a win and in, folks. It was a beautiful sight. It was a standalone game, Wyatt. We love those in Superior for all the marbles. You win, you get to go to Roseville on. Thursday to play in the UMAC conference tournament, you lose, your season's over. That was what was on the line. Superior got it done when they needed to. But before that, they had such a huge series in St. Bonnie at Missile Park. Yeah, okay, big games to just get in the tournament field, but they had everything in front of them where they could potentially slide up on the seed line also. They got swept, but it's deceiving why. I don't know if you looked at these box scores in Bauman too, like I did, but they could have easily had the game Friday where we had the matchup that I was yeah. looking for, Wyatt. You know it. I love to see the ace against the ace. We had oh, Ry yeah. Rod, my guy, against Eric Newman for crown, and there was punch-outs left and right and twice on Sundays. I mean, Ry Rod punched out 16 dudes. Crown got to him late, though. Newman went the distance. Bulldog effort, like we've seen before, punched out 12. Superior's up in this game. Going into the home half of the seventh, one to nothing. Crown takes the lead. Superior bounces back. They're up three two. Going into the home half of the eighth, Crown puts up four big runs. They hang on. Okay, you think that wasn't bad enough? Okay, then they lose the first game on Saturday. Second game on Saturday, Superior surrenders a horrible six inning where Crown all of a sudden takes a lead, eight to five after six. Then they respond with a big inning in the seventh. Superior in this game, guys, is up 9-8 to eight going into the home half of the ninth, and Crown walks it off. So two games that Coach Oaks' club could have easily had at Missile Park. And again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Crown. They came up with the goods when they needed it most. But to go back to your thought about Superior Bowman, I'm not changing my thought about them too much looking at those results. I think they can turn it on and get back to close to that form that they were first week in April when we saw them at Reynolds Field. You can disagree now if you'd like to, Wyatt, as I'll hand it over to you, but Superior got in. That's all that matters. I still like their pitching yep. at the top. 
Yeah, they eventually got to Ryrod late, and it's more concerning to me what Crown did to Tappy this past weekend where they bullied him in the second of those three games. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm more concerned about. But I'm not changing my opinion a ton about the Jackets. Well, so for me, to answer my own question as far as what's kind of been surprising throughout the course of the season, it's just kind of what you said, Ryan, is that I would say for each one of these teams that's in the field – they have had a stretch where they have looked really, really good, and they've had stretches where they've looked really, really bad. I can't look back on a UMAC baseball season and say that about four playoff teams where it's looked like they could legitimately be the best or second best team in the conference, but then at times look like they maybe don't even belong in there. You know what I mean? So, like, to me, it's yep. just amazing how much parity there is in that sense, I guess. And, I mean, eventually I think we did get the best four teams in, and – like you said, some of them are kind of dipping off maybe at the wrong time. Some are playing better at the right time. I don't know. It's just been really surprising to me to see each one of these teams have moments where they've looked like they can hoist that trophy. And at other times, it looks like they're going to go 0-2. So I'm really interested to see what we get in the field here beginning on Thursday. And I really do think it's kind of anybody's tournament at this point with Northwestern obviously being the favorite from the standpoint they get to host. And they probably have the best pitching depth. So... I don't know if you guys are okay just moving into the actual predictions because I feel like a lot of the stuff that we could talk about is probably going to come up anyways once we start talking about these matchups. So if you're okay with that, I'd like to just get right into it and dissect these. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about, I mean, just real quick, we talked about all the other teams basically. Northwestern took care of business. Bethany did the same thing. Okay, there's no shockers with them over yep. the weekend. Really the two we learned the most about, Crown and Superior. I mean, maybe one quick question for you, Wyatt, before we move forward. Did your opinion about Crown based on the wins they got to end the regular season change more? Or your opinion about Superior, were they barely, by the skin of their chinny-chin-chin, hung on, got up off the mat when they needed to when the bell was ringing, to get into the postseason does your opinion change more about superior or crown probably superior i mean that could go either way i guess i i don't know crown is crown you know what i mean like they're just they're gonna hit really well at times their pitching is a little suspect if they throw newman they're probably gonna be right in any game and have a chance to win regardless of who's on the other side you know what i mean so yep. to me crown is crown Superior, though, they're the ones that kind of have gone back and forth the most out of the four teams that are in. So I would say my opinion of them has probably changed more, but it hasn't necessarily changed a ton, similar to what you said earlier. That's fair. That's very fair. Okay, continue. I'm sorry to cut you off. Well, so one fr- thing. Yeah, go ahead, Bowen. One thing. Just want to give a shout out Mason Cox for Martin Luther. Oh, yeah. Finishing sixth in the nation for D3 for batting average at 476. Yeah, Sixth no, I. Nation is absolutely incredible for someone of his caliber at Martin Luther to day in, day out come in. I mean, they played really well at Northwestern this past weekend, and they could have easily just kind of laid down and not fought the way that they did. But they played hard the whole weekend, and he was right at the center of all of it with a huge homer on Friday night and just was a beast on the diamond throughout the season. Well, for those who listen to this podcast, you as well, Bowman, I mean, you know I love to give credit to the Knights and talk about the Knights. They, they, they're different this year compared to past years. You could just kind of sense it and feel it. And a guy like him, uh, he's part of the reason why. Great season. I'm glad you bring that up. There were other guys, like you mentioned, uh, Bauman for Morris. There's guys who aren't in the tournament that had great seasons, gave everything they had for their team. So I'm glad you bring that up. And he definitely does deserve that shout out. So with that being said, 
figure we should probably just go in order of the way the games are going to take place. I mean, outside of the first two, we don't know what's going to happen. So I don't know how you want to do this as far as our predictions go. I guess we just predict the games that we think are going to take place and we do our own brackets that way. The two games we know for sure that are going to be in common, though, are both going to take place Thursday. So obviously we're going to start there in the first round. You got Bethany and Crown leading things off. It's scheduled for 4 o'clock on Thursday, the two versus the three. To me, this comes down to what is Crown going to do on the mound? Because I don't know if they're going to pitch Newman or not. What do you think, Ryan? Do you think they pitch him? They are foolish if they don't. And Bethany is foolish if you don't pitch Fierstead. Remember, last year, playing game, Crown, Superior, they did not pitch Newman. And what happened? Your guy, Ryrod, shut him down. Superior yep. advances. So are you saying Crown has learned from that and they are going to throw him? Because you look at it from the other standpoint, now they know they're in a double elimination situation, right? They can afford to lose a game. Do you try and save Newman, beat Bethany, so you have him against the top-seeded Eagles if they are able to take care of business? I pitch my gun on day one, and I hope I'm back on Saturday, and I'm telling him you're coming back on short rest, and that's how we're doing it. See, and to me, that's the other part of it, too, is where I feel like if you were gonna do that you would want to pitch a guy who you feel like you can bring back on short rest I'm not sure if Newman's that guy or not he is a senior though so I feel like this is kind of his last hurrah almost I feel like he's willing to you know go on short rest yeah so I, I would agree I think they should pitch him and I think if they do they're probably favored in that game if they don't I think Bethany's favored so likewise you're expecting a Fierstead and Newman pitching matchup it sounds like is that what you would do if you were both sides? That's what I hope they do, and that's what I would do if I were them. But if you're Bethany and Crown White, are you pitching your guns? I mean, from that standpoint, yeah, because like you said, if you wait and pitch them on Friday and they go you know, the distance or whatever, they're more than likely not coming back on Saturday. And even if they do, who knows how effective they're going to be, right? So you would almost want to pitch them in the first round, especially since you're in that matchup against a really good team in the 2-3 spot. And you would almost want to pitch them and hope that you can bring them back a day later. So I I would agree. I think they should. But I don't necessarily think that's what will happen. Well, because how many games in a row then do you got to win if you lose the first game too? You only get the benefit. Yeah, the only advantage you get is if you win your first two games. If you were to win your first one and lose your second one, it's the exact same as losing your first one and winning your second one. You know what I mean? Yep. So the only benefit you get in a double elimination tournament like this is if you win your first two games and get to the championship and then have to be beat twice. So similarly, then the question would be for Northwestern, do you throw your top two guys, which we'll get into that when we preview their matchup against Superior. With all that being said, I'm picking this matchup based on who I think each team is going to throw. I think Crown is going to throw Newman. I know they didn't last year, and I know the circumstances this year are different, but I still think they throw him in the first round against Bethany, and with that being the case, i got to take Crown because I think their lineup is much more deadly than Bethany's is, and with Newman on the mound, they are a very tough team to beat. You go next, Bauman. I want to hear your thoughts. I'm going to go... So I I agree that I think it's going to be the two guns matching up. I don't think that either side, after what Crown did last year and the way that they paid for it, I don't see them making the same mistake twice. And I don't know the I don't know how either one of these teams feels going having to play two games on Saturday, with the pitching that's required to do that or on Friday, excuse me. I don't know the confidence 
that either one of them would have with going through and needing to win two games in one day like that. So I would go Newman and Fierstad, but I'm picking Bethany. I think that Bethany has played in a lot of – when you did the interview, Wyatt, with Ross and Adam, they mm-hmm. talked about their experience in big games. And I'm concerned about Crown striking out so much. And you look at what they did against Ryrod. And so I'm going to pick Bethany just with having more confidence in their ability to step up in a big game. That's all valid. Yeah, no, I think it's a complete toss-up game. I really do. So all those points are very valid. All righty. Well, I got to break the tie. I think you know which direction I'm going, Wyatt. I agree with you. I'm, I'm taking crown. I mean, I've had my doubts throughout this season. You guys heard me, what I said last week. I, they honestly surprised me. I mean, it was close. I mentioned that. But, hey, end of the day, they were able to come up with a sweep that I didn't think they were going to get against Superior. And also, Fierstad led up six runs in six innings when he pitched against Crown at Missile Park. So, I mean, Newman wasn't great either. He did only give up three hits and three runs in his six innings. So both guys went six. He had some issues with his control, but he also punched out seven. So I like Newman to get deep in the game and this to be a ball game in the seventh or eighth inning. And at that point, I like Crown's ability to close it out against a guy named not Adam Fierstad, who I think is going to have to take over for Bethany. Well, So again, I go back to the whole thing where you guys say they should pitch their guns. But if you're Bethany or Crown, knowing that Northwestern has Borma and Crab, do you feel good? about your chances against them without your top gun you know what i mean like or do you want to try and win that first game and then have them against them because do you think they feel good about trying to beat northwestern without one of their top guys no they they i don't think they do but i think it all comes down to why it all starts and ends with how much are you focused on the matchup that you know you have to start with and how much are you looking ahead how much do you respect bethany if you're crown and how much do you respect crown if you're bethany well, and, and I understand I you think, could be saying the big picture is you got to beat Northwestern, right? Yeah, I, I guess that's the way I'm looking at it. I'm not necessarily saying they're disrespecting each other, but you got to win the whole tournament, right? You're playing to win the tournament, not necessarily just the yep. first game. So I, I just think both those teams are going to have a really tough time beating Northwestern if they throw their top guy right away. Because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the rest of their pitching rotation has been pretty suspect at times. I mean, Superior's probably got the next deepest rotation, quite honestly, outside of Northwestern. So I don't know. I think Bethany and Crown are in a really tough spot, and that's why I'm interested to see what they end up doing. I think it could be very interesting what both those teams do. And let's say one of them gets way ahead. Do you pull your guy? You know what I mean? That plays into it too. We don't need to get into all of that, but I think you want to have your very best against Northwestern. So I, I, it's tough for me to look at this from Crown and Bethany standpoint, and I'm glad I'm not the one making the decision. So you're going to flip on what I asked you before now? If you're Crown or Bethany, are you waiting on Newman or Fierstad? Is that what you're saying? I don't think it would be dumb to. I mean, it, last year what I think Crown did was was not smart because it was a single elimination game. You know what I mean? They needed to beat Superior to get into the double elimination tournament. So you always throw your top guy. They didn't do that. They lost. This year, they're in a situation where you're going to already be in a double elimination spot. You could lose a game, and you know you have to beat Northwestern. Crown especially, Ryan. I mean, we know. I mean, Bethany's got a little bit of depth. It just doesn't seem like Crown has any depth outside of Newman. So I don't know. It's it's interesting to see what they end up deciding to do. And the other side of this, too, and the other aspect of this, Ryan, 
is the longer this tournament goes and the more pitching that gets used from everybody, who does that benefit? Northwestern, is that what you're is that what you're alluding to? Uh-huh. Or you're just saying any team? That I'm asking you who you think it benefits. And Matthew, I'll ask you the same thing. The later this tournament goes, who do you think that benefits? Oh, I got you. Let's say like Northwestern doesn't, you know, run the table what you're saying and each yeah, team everybody, is forced to go to their everybody third plays guy, a bunch of games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've told you I I, I I like superiors punches at the top. That's why I've I've kind of liked them maybe more more so than you have throughout this season. But I mean Harbaugh got lit up this past weekend, so I don't know. I don't know who it favors. That's a Matthew, really really tough who question. You, who do you think it favors? I would say probably Northwestern. I think with what Sam Ludzak has done in the tournament in the past, um, what Nick Drinken did against Bethel midweek last week, I think they have confidence with some of those those three and four arms in the rotation to go out and at least give them solid innings. See, you guys are still looking at this from the pitching standpoint. I'm looking at it later the tournament goes, who's going to win high-scoring games, and Crown is the team with the best and most dangerous lineup, correct? Yes. So to me, they're going to be the team, the longer this thing goes, if they can put themselves in a position to let's say if they somehow win the first two or even get to the championship, they could be tough just because quite honestly, it doesn't matter that much who they pitch and their lineup is going to produce runs. Well, and we're going to get to it in a moment, but I, if you got a guy like Owen throwing Thursday and he can dominate superior and he cannot have super long innings, I'd be shocked if the Eagles needed him again and they lose a game and they're playing on the last game on Saturday, if it ends up being Saturday, whenever it is in the weekend, that he could come back. I mean, I'm more confident because we've seen it in the past. You've seen it personally, Wyatt, playing next to the guys that we could see an Owen or a Bryce come back on short rest and not just come back but be good and not maybe give you a full game but give you three, four innings versus any other guy just because I don't know. I have no question Uh, in my mind that one of them can come back. On one day rest, though, are they really going to be 100%? And what are you going to get No one's 100%. No one's 100%. And also, I mean, these guys that you referred to in Owen and Crab from Northwestern are not seniors. They still have ball to play versus maybe some of the other guys here, like literally the ace of the other three teams who are all seniors, and it's like this is their last hurrah. You know what I mean? So how do you manage that if you're Northwestern? You don't want to necessarily put a guy out there per se if he's still got more baseball left in him after this year. You know what I mean? Well, and I mean, this is where, I mean, and we can get into this again if we predict the next matchup. But if you're Northwestern and let's say against <clears throat> Superior, excuse me, it's not a big lead, but let's say you're up 4 nothing or 4-1 to one after 7. Are you pulling Owen with the thought in the back of your mind, we don't want to just throw him two more if we feel like we don't have to and we feel like we can get this thing across the finish line in the last two innings with well Severson or whoever two, else it may be two or three runs seems like it's a little close if you put him like out in left field let's say can he come back in and pitch I don't even remember what the rules are for that I think he could Matthew you should know this once you stopped well you can do that in the major leagues so yes so you should be able to the Cubs did it with Travis Wood. Travis Wood, my guy, yep. Who was the other guy that they switched when Travis Wood caught the ball in the Ivy? I was there at that game, by the way. Um, 
I have no idea what you guys are talking about, to be honest. But I got my I, I got my question answered. So that's what I would do, Ryan. If you really if you want to take him out, I would leave him in the game just in case you got to go back to him. I would never completely take him out of the picture in a two run game. You're you're thinking even deeper than I am, Wyatt. That'd be incredible if he went out to left and then he came back in to I'm put just, on a fire with I'm guys. Just, on. Okay, so so me and you got crowned though. And Matthew's yep. taking Bethany. So Matthew, you're already yep. either going to be up on us or you're you're going to be down. So I mean, right. I, I like the strategy here. You're going bold. Thank you. Thank you. Northwestern Superior. I'm assuming we're all going to pick Northwestern, but this is an extremely interesting matchup because to me, this is the most dangerous game in the tournament for Northwestern. I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I think if they're going to get beat, it's going to be this first one. Not just because it's going to be Ryan Rodriguez on the mound. I think Superior would be stupid not to pitch him but because Superior's already beat him once, and just looking at how the rest of the tournament is going to set up, theoretically, like we just discussed, Bethany or Crown are going to throw their top guys in the first round. This is the game. I feel like if you're going to beat Northwestern, it's got to happen here in the first round. Otherwise, I just don't think I can see them losing the rest of the way. Yeah, I think there's so many reasons why the Eagles are are on alert for this game. And, you know, you know my thoughts about Rodriguez and what he can do in a big spot. I mean, Northwestern's lineup, I would say, is going to be a lot more confident and in a different spot than they were the first weekend of April when they see him now this time. So you got to consider that, too. Um, You know, but Superior, they could say, okay, it's the second time we're we're seeing Owen. I mean, you're, you're pitching Owen, right, Wyatt? I don't necessarily know, actually, no. Oh, no, okay. I'm not pitching Owen the first game. Oh, wow. Who are you throwing? I would probably. So it was interesting. Last year when, you know, I was on the team for Northwestern and we were looking at this, we were thinking, you know, we did it backwards. We threw our number three. And then, well, it's interesting. Here's just a little side note. This is the first UMAC tournament, by the way, that Bryce Crabb is going to play in and he's a junior. Isn't that crazy? Think about that. Because he got COVID last year and then his freshman year was the COVID year. So we didn't have one. Just a kind of little sidetrack there. But we didn't have Crab last year. So yeah. our number three was Sam Ludzak, who we threw in the first round. And then we threw Borma, who was our ace, in the second game. And then we went back to our number two, Philip Wall, in the championship. I would do it differently this year, just slightly. I would throw my number two. I'd be throwing Crab in the first round. Then I come back with Borma in the championship, I guess, on the winner side. And then on Saturday, if you win those first two with your top two guys, then you go with what you have left. That's how I would do it personally this year with the way the field is set up. So I, I'd i rather have Borma for Crown or Bethany versus Superior. Not that Superior can't hit, but I don't know. I, I just feel like Crab is the better option in that first game. I also feel like Crab's the kind of guy... I don't know. I, he just to me, it seems like he could come back in relief or something in a spot later on in the tournament. Not that Owen couldn't, but again, do you really want to put him out there in that position? So, so going I, back to the go ahead, going go back ahead, to the NCAA yeah. tournament from last year, what they did just for their short rest factor. Owen pitched game one on Friday, and then pitched a complete game on Friday, and then another complete game on Monday completely different circumstance in my opinion because that was for a trip to the college world series versus just in a conference tournament you know what i mean no absolutely i completely agree i'm just saying that's what we did with him with bryce we did bryce started through a complete game on saturday and then through a little over three innings of relief on monday in the first game 
And yeah. so with that, Northwestern showed last year that they were comfortable with both of them coming back. I would say that Bryce would be much more likely to come back quickly this year. That quick, um, at least. Correct. Yeah. I would. I think that Northwestern would be more comfortable bringing Bryce back with just a day's rest rather than Owen. Well, and this, again, isn't a shot at Superior, but I feel like when you have two guys like Crab and Borma, they're both elite, but why wouldn't you want your best one in the second game if you feel that comfortable with your number two in the first round? You know what I mean? Like, I... I feel like Northwestern's in a spot where they can throw Crab confidently knowing he's going to get the job done, and then you still have your best pitcher in the second round of the tournament. If you're Northwestern and you pitch your top guy, let's say, and something for whatever reason does go wrong, I know he's been almost nearly unhittable. He has led a couple of earned runs. But, uh, I mean, let's say something goes wrong and you somehow lose to Superior and your best pitcher's out. What do you do from there if you're Northwestern? I, I, I just feel like you save Owen for that second game and you pitch Bryce in the first game. That's just how I would do it. Yeah, I mean, you're you're starting to convince me a little bit, but but there's a but. Why is there a but? Why is Ryan saying Well, but? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> I got to throw a wrench into this. The one game that Superior won at Reynolds Field Correct. to close the series, Bryce Crabb was on the bump for Northwestern. They got to him and put four up on him in the seventh and hung on to win the game and added a couple more late. So I'm... I'm just saying the one guy that they can step into the box, and if they throw Bryce, you know that's what Superior is going to be saying. We've already beat this guy. We can watch back our own film for how we got to him and how we figured out how to beat the mighty Northwestern to start off the season. And so if they throw Bryce again, they're going to say, wow, you think we can't do it again? And I get it, Wyatt. We are splitting hairs. I do want to mention, like we said so many times before, Owen's going to be, he should be, UMAC Pitcher of the Year again, okay? It would be a shock if he wasn't. Uh, we'd have to yep. check the ballot boxes at that point, figure out what <laughs> happened if he doesn't uh, win it. But that might there be would be emergency yeah. podcast worthy if he does not win. True. Yep. Dominion would be in action then, and I won't go any further than, than that. But <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so we're splitting hairs, though, is what I'm saying. I mean, Bryce, you and I have agreed upon Wyatt. He's also, in our opinion, the clear cut number two best pitcher in the conference, period. Yeah. Bryce Bryce is the number two. Okay. So that being said, it's not that much of a difference. And you are kind of talking me into it where it would make sense. I, you can't go wrong with them either way. And the coaches for Northwestern know best about, okay, what's our plan going to be, especially for whatever guy we throw first on Thursday night. You know, again, if they play Thursday, whatever the first day is, that guy can come back on short rest. They know that better than any of us do. So that's obviously going to play into it. I think we need to make predictions. So you you fellas, well, go um, ahead if you're ready. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I think we're all probably going to take Northwestern. I just think this is the game they got to be most concerned about. So I understand that sounds a little bit like I'm being a hypocrite and saying, why aren't you pitching your top guy then? But again, I think you'd rather just have your top guy in that second game, similar to what we did last year. That's what we did. We pitched him in game two against Scholastica to get to the championship. I think they do it again this year. I think they pitch crab in this game. And I think Northwestern wins. I think regardless of who they pitch, they are going to end up winning. So like you said, maybe we are splitting hairs. But I don't know. I think it's just worthy of the conversation. I agree with Wyatt. Okay, now, to, now just to throw one more wrench, Wyatt, would you be absolutely shocked? Do you see a scenario, I mean, based on what we're talking about, let's if, just take it another asking, step farther. Go ahead. Are you going to ask me if they're going to throw Rodriguez or not throw him? 
Well, no, I I think we all agree they got to throw Rodriguez, right? Yes. That wasn't going to be my question. I mean, there's you're way over overthinking it if you don't throw Ryrod. I mean, you do everything you can to win that game, right? Yes, so I apologize yeah. for cutting you off. So what no, was your question going to be? No, you're good. Would you be absolutely flummoxed and shocked if Drinkin or Ludzak sees the hill to start Thursday's game and Northwestern I mean, goes totally brain galaxy on the bit and just blows everyone away? No, not totally because, I mean, it was similar to what we did last year when I was on the team. I mean, that's what we did, and it was against that very same superior team. So, I mean, I wouldn't be completely shocked. I think the circumstances are different this year with it being just four teams. So knowing you're going to face a guy like Rodriguez, you know what I mean? Like yes. their ace. Like yes. last year when that's we were playing superior, we weren't facing Rodriguez. Yes, that's and, the difference. And so, yeah, to me, I, I guess that's where I would I, I wouldn't be shocked. It would be a little surprising, but would not be shocked necessarily. I think everyone is at their disposal and they can pitch whoever they want. Okay, we all got uh, Northwestern, just to be clear with that one. So go ahead, Wyatt. No, I was just going to say, so me and you have the same so far. We've got Northwestern and Crown and then Bethany and Superior, and then the difference is Bauman has Bethany winning that first game, so then he would have Crown and Superior. So, Bauman, since you're different on the loser side, just quickly, are you going to think that Crown knocks off Superior and ends their season or the other way around then? I mean, after what Crown did last weekend with sweeping Superior, you know, during the basketball season, you talked a lot about us, how difficult it is to beat a team twice. Let alone three, three, three times. times. Yeah, three times is the one I like to throw out there. And now Crown has to do it four times. Mm. But I think they get it done. Oh, and okay. <laughs> I would say that Crown does knock off Superior in the loser bracket on Friday. So Superior's the first team out for his. Ryan, on our loser side, we have Superior and Bethany. And this is where it's it's interesting because, I mean, we mentioned Superior probably has the best pitching depth. Do you think they would have enough then at that point without Rodriguez to beat Bethany and keep the season going? Tappy. Which kind of Tappy are we going to get? Are we going to get the guy that, you know, I saw earlier this year and I was really impressed with at Reynolds Field? Or are we going to get the guy who Saturday, you know, at Missile Park, he was against Tyler Van Sice, and that could be the same thing for what Bowman's matchup is talking about. That's compelling to me. He got knocked around big time. Well, I mean, if he's got to see Crown again, he let up 13 hits wide and 10 runs in eight innings Saturday. Let's be fair, too. I mean, Missile Park isn't exactly a pitcher-friendly ballpark. I mean, it's like 250 out to right. So That's fair, yep. I mean, it doesn't necessarily give him an excuse for letting 13 hits. I understand that. But, yeah, I I don't necessarily read a ton into that. I don't know. It, it, it's interesting because you're you're exactly right. It's just which which version are we going to get? And in the position that Bethany is in, losing a game that they probably are going to feel like they could have had against Crown and going to the loser's bracket, I just I, I have a tough time seeing Bethany go 0-2 in this tournament. You know what I mean? So, And it goes back to what Bauman had said with the experience and how many big games they've played in and the coaching and everything that gets involved with this. And I think that's just enough to put him over the hump. I, I kind of want to pick Superior, but I, I think Bethany's got too much there and too much experience that they get that win. These are some fun games. I mean, if we get these matchups, I mean, these these are fun elimination I, games. I, I think. think all these games, regardless of the outcome of the first games, I mean, the entire tournament's, to me, very unique. Some great yeah. top-end talent on all teams. Yeah, I think anybody could beat anybody, quite honestly, on any given game. So it, it makes for a good tournament. So did you make your prediction or did it? No, not? I haven't. 
I, I, I knew you were going to go Bethany the whole way, and I'll, I'll give you that. You know what? And I, I can't say totally against it, but you're going with the same logic throughout a lot of the season, so I'm going to go with the same logic for why I'm going the other way. I've been riding Superior for a lot of it and like what they've done for stretches, and yeah, there are some questions with what's happened most recently, but I'm looking at Tappy's going to be the guy to try to pick him up. And after Ryrod maybe pitches a pretty good game against Northwestern but can't get it done, when Tappy saw Bethany this season, full game, Eight punch outs, didn't walk a single dude, only let up two runs. Bullied him. Outdueled Fierstad. I mean, they were neck and neck, but, you know, Superior found a way to win that game late and walk it off. So I'm going with Superior. I think Tappy finds a way in that big spot to get it done. All right. So now in the position that we're in on the winner side, Bauman, since you're different than me and Ryan, we'll have you go first. You have Northwestern and Bethany in this spot. I'm assuming you think Fierstead pitches in that first round. So then where does Bethany turn yeah. to against the top-seeded Eagles? <coughs> and do they have any chance without Fierstead to beat Northwestern then in that game? That is kind of the ultimate question for them. Where do they go next after that? Um, you look at what they've done stats-wise since or with after Fierstead. And, well, I pull up their that um all right all right i I gotta call you i gotta call you out there you can't you can't say when you look at their stats and then say you're currently pulling their stats up man yeah i i I expect you to be more on top of it bowen all right continue sorry i couldn't find which tab it was up on um so i had to go into a new spot and we've got kind of two guys that they've gone back and forth with with Brody Curtis, with what he has done throughout the year, he's struggled throughout the year, but he also has a lot of experience. With And then with Connor Merton. And those two guys, Merton has been better more recently. So I've got to assume that's who they're looking at as their number two right now. With that said, facing Owen feels like it's very hard, going to be very hard for them to beat Owen with anyone besides Fierstad on the mound. So, so you, I'm going with Northwestern. So you similarly, just to be clear, you think they throw Crab or the number Correct. three option in game one? I think Northwestern throws Crab in game one. Okay, and then they come back Would with Owen in, in game two. Do you think they'd be crazy Correct. not to throw Owen in game two and even try and, you know, knowing that Bethany doesn't have their top gun, do you try and save Owen to basically put yourself in a position where you can win the whole thing with by far, I mean, he's already by far the best pitcher, but just imagine the mismatch that would be <laughs> if he gets to throw on Saturday against whoever the remaining team has left. You know what I mean? Would you think Northwestern would ever consider that? I mean, I guess you, it's a thought. When you no. presented it, it's something that is very compelling, but I can't see them doing it. You just, you really, like you said, there is no greater advantage than winning the first two games. And putting either Ludzak or Drinkin on the mound puts you at a much greater risk of losing than if you have Owen. Yeah, so I, you've if got. You lose, if you lose that game, then you're going to throw Owen on Friday night, anyways. So it feels like it's just the much safer route to throw him in that game to go to the championship. 
No, yeah, you've, you've definitely got the right logic. And Ryan, I mean, he's just scoffing at that. He says there's not even a chance. I mean, <laughs> no, they'd, they'd yeah. be stupid to do it is what he's saying. Hey, I love a greedy Wyatt late on a Monday night. Wyatt's getting super, super I'm greedy. I'm looking at all the possible <laughs> scenarios here. I'm just dissecting what hey, could possibly happen. We, we've outlined a couple things that are going to be super galaxy brain for Northwestern's coaching staff if they do this. I mean, this would be nuts if they pull off some of the stuff you're saying, which I guess anything's possible but i don't think they get that far outside of the box but. i'm just saying you gotta you know you gotta have a game where crab or owen doesn't start anyways in the tournament you know what i mean what's the difference if it's the second one against uh bethany or crown without their top guy or on saturday when they may have their top guy on short rest you know what i mean yeah, but do you remember what happened in the game against Bethany when they didn't throw one of those two? I mean, I know I keep, you know, beating the dead horse and Ryan. Hey, guess what? Nobody freaking cares the, about what happened in, the in past, April. Ryan. Yeah, 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 none of that even matters. Let's forget about the whole season. Let's the whole cliche white saying, let's wipe away the records. Let's wipe away the seeds. No one cares. We're going to Reynolds Field and everything that's happened so far this season is out the window. Is that what you're saying? Or you're saying it, is, it sounds like what you're preaching. Like sounds no, it's like not what, what you're I'm preaching. preaching, but I'm just saying, I mean you can't necessarily just look at what teams did against each other in a three-game series and say that's enough to completely. It's such a small sample size, in my opinion. But how many times I'm just going? How many times have we seen this season, especially against the top half squads, when it's not Bryce and it's not Owen, it gets hairy for Northwestern. And again, is multiple that times. Ne- that's is that necessarily all on the pitching too, though? I mean, the bats haven't nope. exactly been it's that on the great bats in too. those You're games right. too. So, so, so that's my question. Then, like in, in a hypothetical here, they're playing Bethany. And they're both one and zero, and they don't throw Bryce or Owen. How many runs they got to score? Six, seven, eight. You're saying they're one and zero, so they're in that game. Yep. yep. I. Yeah, probably somewhere around there to be like Which isn't comfortable. Und- yeah, it's it's not undoable. I mean, I'm it could it, that, it could be less than that, depending on what kind. Because of, I mean, for crying out loud, drinking, we need to give him a shout out. He goes out there against the best team in the Mayak and just absolutely shoves. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, I mean, you know, it's not like those guys are bad options, regardless of if they go Luddy or drinking. I mean, Luddy, how many big games has he pitched in? You know what I mean? Well, and exactly, if you go down the line and you're talking to Northwestern starters and they're in a spot like this, and hypothetically it's them versus Bethany in the 1-0 and game on Friday, who do you think standing up first saying, give me the ball, I want to get back at him, I want revenge? Drink. No. He remembers what happened in Mankato, and he's feeling like he's pitching better right now at the end of the season, so he wants to see the Vikings again. Matthew, you've gotten – well, I, I think you've watched most of Northwestern's home games this year in conference play, correct? Almost everyone, yes. Uh, almost everyone. Do you think – because, I mean, me and Ryan have speculated and tried to figure this out, and, I mean, Ryan's been there as well, but you've been down there. You know, you're doing the PA, so you're a little bit closer to the field. Do you sense or see something different in the way the hitters approach the game when it's not Owen or Bryce on the mound? Does it feel different than when those two are pitching? Because to us, it seems like they're almost, what for whatever reason, they just don't seem to have the run output that they normally do when one of those guys pitches. I have not noticed any difference in the dugout. Um, it, there is no tangible difference from anything that I have seen. Sure. The one thing that makes it more unique for the fact that it hasn't been as good is that Peyton Christensen at leadoff, the designated hitter, has been an absolute monster. And when Bryce plays, he just, Peyton isn't hitting because of the fact that he's had some injuries and so he can't play the outfield like he would if he was healthy. And so it's an interesting twist that the games that he's playing, even though he's been hitting so well, 
That's kind of the one major change when Bryce is on the mound. Isaac Pilon, who's been playing second base with Sam Peterson sliding a shortstop. The freshman's been absolutely incredible the past couple of weeks, just with hit after hit after hit, especially just um, roping line drives. But it's, I have not noticed anything in a long way of saying that. Okay, fair enough. No, it, that, That's a great point. And just to butt in real quickly, I mean, if we want to talk about a potential lineup change for Northwestern, don't be surprised if Bryce is throwing and Peyton is still in the lineup whatever that may happen for the UMAC tournament, because today against St. Olaf, Peyton started his first game of the season in left field. So they're trying to get him Ooh. ready in that spot, I think. So wow. he could be in left and Bushi could be out potentially. That. So just because like you said, Matthew, his bet has been so unbelievable. I mean, the kid's just been taking super long at bats and he's been finding ways on. So they may want to find whatever way they can. Even if Bryce is on the mound, we got to find a way to get Peyton, or excuse me, Peyton Christensen in the lineup. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. I was not there today. Uh, it is, that's, that's very interesting. You got all the information on us, Ryan. You're holding out on us a little bit. I mean, that, that would have been good to know earlier. I wasn't I wasn't holding out on you. I was listening to you talk, and I was just mesmerized by all your takes. So. All right, so we're, we're in this position now, Ryan. I'm going to obviously take Northwestern as well to beat Crown in the next game, assuming that Newman did throw against Bethany. I think Newman does have to throw against Bethany for Crown to advance, so that's why... I think they won't have him then when they take on Northwestern, and I think the Eagles will get it done, partly because I think they do throw Borma then in that second game. And with what he's done this year, I mean, you, you can't pick against Northwestern when he's on the mound. Yeah, remember what he did at Mitchell Park? I mean, he dominated, like he did against almost every team. So, he's I done mean, it. Crown I mean, wasn't his, unique with that. Yep. His last two starts against Crown, he's got 36 combined strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, good luck. Try to, like you said, Wyatt, you've preached it before. I won't even take your line. What does Crown got to do? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm i drawing a little bit of a blank here. I mean, there's, there's the lots plate, of things that i Especially against the top-line pitcher. What do they got to do? Oh, well, yeah, obviously they got to change their approach. But, yep, yep. again, I, I don't know if they're going to or not. I mean, time will tell. Easier said than done. Yep. Well, no, it's... They it's, haven't it's, been able to so far. It's easy to do. I just think they don't do it. I mean, it's it's just a willingness to want to change your approach. That's that's my honest opinion. Okay, so uh, are we are we good to keep moving forward here now? Yeah, we, we both we both got Northwestern in that one, right? I just yep. I, I think for very similar reasons too. So then our yep. elimination game, Ryan, would be. Uh, well, it's different, actually. This is where it gets interesting. We all have different brackets at this point. So with what each of us has in our bracket, why don't we just do that and go along? I'll let you two go first in whatever order you want. You need the elimination game then on Friday night. Third game on Friday, yep. Why don't I have the same thing with Bethany Crown? It's just the opposite. you go first? So I have Crown against uh, Superior Superior in this spot. And uh, they'll both have already played two games. Crown's going to be coming off of a loss against Northwestern. Superior's going to be coming off of a win against Bethany. And so we'll have a rematch from what we saw this past weekend. Is it Riley Harbaugh for Superior? Prop? That would be my guess, but who knows? It can get hairy going to this point. Ofta. Um, I know Crown just took three games against Superior. I understand that. They probably got the, you know the better lineup, um, but... There's something about Superior's arms, uh-huh. even from 
what I've seen out of the pen potentially that I may like them better. So uh, this <gasps> is tough. And, you know, oh. it, if they need to, all I'm saying why, if they need to, could they get an inning or two out of Ryrod to close the game? Because well, it's all hands do, on deck. Do you want to, though? Because, I mean, you're probably going to want to bring them back on Saturday. So, I mean, do you want to bring them back on Friday as well? Guess what, Wyatt? Tomorrow isn't promised. And if they don't win this game, their whole season's over, and they're going to be That's wishing true. they did everything they could. So you got to live in the moment, and so the sun's not saying, guaranteed to come up the so next day. So you're saying, yes, there is a chance that we see him. <laughs> yeah, there's always a chance. Everyone's up. Everyone's got to be ready, okay? So in a squeaker, they shock everyone. Superior is moving on to the final day of the tournament, and Crown goes home early. They find a way. They find a way, and the luck goes their way. They find a way to win a game late when they couldn't close it at Missile Park. They get in a pitcher's ballpark, and what does Superior do best? What I've been saying all year long, Oaks at the top. They love to coach one thing at Superior. It's pitching. That wins out. They find a way. Low-scoring game to beat Crown and move on. All right, so Bauman, I'll let you go first. We have it opposite, though, correct? So you took Bethany to beat Crown the first time around, and I was the opposite. But we still have them playing each other then in this elimination game. So do you think that Bethany gets the best of them again and gets back to the championship, or do you think Crown, second time in two days, is able to find a way? So this is where it gets very interesting pitching-wise. After I have Connor Martin... Connor Martin, excuse me, the Australian going in. <laughs> good, to, good to know he's Australian. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, and after I have him going, now you turn to Brody Curtis. And the question is, what does the senior do on the mound? And I think that's a huge question for Bethany Lutheran. He's been around for a long time for them. He's pitched a lot of big games for them. But how does he come out and pitch? When they played at Missile Park earlier, you have eight runs in three innings. And he's going to really want to get that taste out of his mouth. And I think he gets it done. I'm going to take Bethany to beat him again to go to the championship game against Northwestern. So what kind of a stat line do you think he can put up, though? Because I'm sure Crown's going to get something off of him, right? Oh, for sure. I'll go... I'll go like six innings and four and runs. Sure. Which if it, I, I think you got to take that if you're Bethany. If you're they run six, that to the bank in twice on yeah, Sundays. Yeah. I think they may take six and six I earned agree. runs. I mean, honestly. Yeah. If you're if you're getting one in inning, honestly, you you might take that. Just with how sporadic he's been too. I think he might be the biggest mystery, quite honestly, this entire season in the UMAC. A guy that was so good last year at times, and this year just has not had it for whatever reason. I keep thinking we're going to see what he had last year at times, and it just hasn't happened. So I don't know necessarily. I'm not going to look at the pitching too much as far as the decision-making goes with this at this point because who knows what's going to end up happening at this stage of the tournament. Correct. I will take Bethany, though. So I think Crown gets them the first time, but Bethany comes up through the loser's bracket, uses their experience, elimination games, finds a way to get it done. Remember, they were in this spot last year against Scholastica for a chance to play the Eagles in the championship, the team that I was on, they didn't get it done. They lost 1-0. That taste is in their mouth still. They want to get that out. I think they get it done. Bethany beats Crown and works their way back into championship Saturday. All right, so we got purple and red, the classic matchup that we've talked about so much, Why it happening again with all the marbles on the table. Both you and Bauman have Bethany versus Northwestern. 
for at least one time on the final day. Again, maybe that's Saturday. Maybe it's Sunday. Maybe we're rooting for it to be Sunday. Maybe more on that later, but probably not. But I don't know. We'll leave it's that up to It's getting pretty late. It's getting pretty late. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. But. So you guys pick first. That's what I'm alluding to. You got Bethany versus um, Northwestern. Can Bethany push it to a final deciding second game? Or do the Eagles do what they did last year? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. Give us the hardware. We're going to punch our ticket again. Bauman, you want to go first on this one or me? You can go first. Sure. So... I, I, again, at this point in the tournament, it's interesting because all four of these teams, in my opinion, could theoretically win this thing, and you could say there's a path for all four of them to win and hoist the trophy. I don't think Bethany's path is having to beat Northwestern twice on the final day. I would think they would have to beat them the first time around and put themselves in a spot to where they would be the team that has to be beat twice. Kind of like how if your crown, like I said, with their bats, if they had to win two games on Saturday, I think with how hot they hit at times, they could theoretically do it. But Bethany, they don't swing it as well. Northwestern's going to be 2-0 and in this game. I think the Eagles get it done, and I think they get it done in the very first one. I don't see them losing in this tournament. I'll take the Eagles, like you said. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. They're going back to the NCAA tournament, back-to-back. But uh, again, with with how close these four teams are and just with the results in the regular season, Ryan, I mean, anything's possible. I, I don't think I'll be surprised really by any of the outcomes that we see uh, this upcoming weekend from Reynolds field. But with that being said, Matthew, I'm going with Northwestern. They're not going to even lose one mess around with that. They get it done. Do you agree? So I got a question for you before I say my, prediction. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> you said you have said throughout this year that the team last year was not going to lose. Yes. Do you feel that with this team? I mean, uh, some people that listen to this may not like it, but, I mean, it's kind of like you're asking me if I think they're as, like, I don't want to come across like they're not as motivated or they just, you know what I mean? But, no, I I don't think it's the same. I feel like everybody around the UMAC last year and even in that tournament, just with the way we were playing at the time, too, it just we knew we weren't going to lose just with the way it was going. Like there was just this sense we were going to with the way the regular season's gone this year. I don't get that sense. So yeah, I don't necessarily, like I said, I could see this going all four ways, all four of these teams hoisting the trophy last year. There was one team in my opinion that was going to do it. And with the way the regular season's gone this year, I think anything's possible. So to answer your question, no, I don't sense the same thing going into this year's tournament. That makes sense, and especially because you were on the team last year. And, and again, yeah, maybe maybe I'm a little biased in that sense. I, I'm not saying I'm not. I just hey, I, you I were a big think, part. Don't sell yourself short. Your plate discipline really got everything going up and down the lineup. Just look at the body of work this year for this Northwestern team compared to last year, and just the fact that every single one of these teams in the field has beaten them this year. You know, last year, the only team that beat us going into the conference tournament was Scholastica, and half our team was taken from us before we played him in the regular season. So I, I think it's just different circumstances this time around. And even with that being said, I still think they win all three games and go back-to-back. I just I think it'd be more likely for something to go wrong for them this time around. That is all completely fair. Um, and just like what you said, I also have Northwestern winning this game. I think that with drinking and Mudzak, on being the potential starters for the first game, whether you want to look at Crab potentially in a relief role or starting game four, if it gets to that, I just think that Northwestern has 
so many arms that they can look to. The question is, what happens with the bullpen if that needs to happen? Where do they go for that? I think that's probably the biggest question that this team has is what, what does a save situation look like? Aaron Severson's done a good job overall. He hasn't pitched a ton. Um, and so it's like, where, does it, where do you look to if you need a couple of innings late in the game? But with that being said, I think Northwestern has enough starting pitching to keep it going for these three games. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at too. I think the only team that could beat them twice if Northwestern goes 2-0 to begin this tournament would be crowned because of their bats. Similarly for Superior, I think the only way they come away with this is if they find a way to beat Northwestern in the first game. And for Bethany, I think they have to win the first two. So that's kind of the four different paths I see here for these teams. I mean, Northwestern has the highest ceiling, and I think they could lose game one, come all the way back around and win it, and they could also just win the first three and be done. So with all the possible outcomes here, they're the team that's the favorite. They're the one everybody's going to be chasing. And it's because of that pitching yep. depth combined with the fact that they've been hitting the ball well lately. So yeah, I agree. I think they get it done in three games. Ryan, do you agree? Or are you going to tell me that your guy from Chaska <laughs> that you just, you know, you love so much is going to somehow come back on one day? Rest? He maybe even pitched on Friday too, it sounds like. And is he going to hobble out there and pitch a gem or something and give Superior a chance? You know what? It's going to be like Bruce Bochy talking to Madison Bumgarner at the end of that World Series against the Kansas City Royals. Hey, he's he's the Madison Bumgarner of the UMAC. I mean, you know, he just You delivers. said it, not me. He yeah. Delivers. Oh, hey, he's going to be ready on short rest, and I know he's got some facial hair as well, so grow that thing out and let's roll. Um, No, uh, yeah, here's the deal. All great points that you guys are making. I think as long, or the longer this thing goes, excuse me, each and every game that passes, it's going to be more and more difficult to beat Northwestern. We talked about some of the reasons at the top. There are so many reasons why, in my opinion, the best chance anyone has to beat Northwestern, and again, this is if the schedule stays the same. I keep saying this because apparently there's some weather in the area. We're not going to talk about but that. But we're cheering pod. for it, I guess. So, Well, what we're, 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 maybe we'll get to that in a moment. But we are, in a way, cheering for this tournament to get pushed to Sunday. Anyway, um, so... As I was saying, first game, Thursday night, if it stays that way, Superior has the best chance to beat Northwestern in that spot versus any other spot, especially from what we said. If they don't throw Borma, if they throw Crab, Superior's already beaten Crab before. Or if Northwestern goes totally galaxy brain on the bit and throws Luddy or Drinkin, Superior's saying, oh yeah, heck yeah, and we'll see what happens, okay? Once we get to this point, it's just so hard for me to see the Eagles losing. They're just going to be in so much of the driver's seat, I feel like their offense, if there is any kinks that they have to figure out, they're going to happen in the first two games, and their offense is going to be ready to peak in this moment and finish it out. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see near a double-digit run effort. Because remind me, what was the score, Wyatt, when you guys beat Sklashka on that scorching hot Saturday afternoon? Well, we we did it the best way possible. So the first time we beat them, we beat them 17-2. to And then on Sunday... We beat them 10 to 1, not 10 running them, but making them sit there and go through yeah. the full nine innings. Slow bleed. Knowing that the they're going to bleed. But yes. they still have to play and act like they care about being there. So that, that yeah, was the it, best way to do it. And no one listening to this likes Scholastica Wyatt. All the UMAC no. supporters we have listening to this don't like Scholastica. You can, so they you were all cheering for you. You can respect them <laughs> for the success that they've had and how good they were back in the day and even, you know, when they were in the conference when I played. But that doesn't mean you have to like them. 
and you didn't hang on to the ball. That's the only regret you have from that. I, and you it's funny because I told myself <laughs> if that were to happen, I'm going to put the ball in my pocket just like You're Rizzo do the did. Rizzo. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I just chucked the thing in the air as soon as it happened. And, and yeah, it's it's a regret I do have. But anyways, we, we need to get back to the task at hand here. Yeah, so I real quickly, just to finish, I agree with you, Wyatt. I think there's more question marks with this team, and I like, Bauman, that you brought up the bullpen. For all these all these teams in this tournament, if you can get Northwestern to late in the game, 7th, 8th, ninth inning, and you get Severson in the game, so many different things can happen. He could strike out the side and have his control totally wired in, and you could be chasing the high cheese and not know what hits you, and he's up 0-2 quickly on a bunch of guys. Or his control could be all over the place, and we could see what happened end of the game against Morris a few weeks ago where Morris finds a way to get that game to extra innings and win when Severson was in a position to shut the door. So you just want to get in that position where the ball is not in the hands of a Crab or a Borma to totally dominate you the whole game. You just want to put some doubt in Northwestern late. Superior was able to do that. When they got to Crab late earlier this year, they won the game. So... Yeah, we all have Northwestern 3-for-3 three three for a reason. Maybe not as dominant and as confident as we were in your club last year, Wyatt, but they're the one seed for a reason. Folks at home, you can call us homers and all the names that you want to. We've said this thing's open, okay? But with how this stuff plays out, it's all about pitching at the top, and I think that's kind of why all of us have Northwestern. If they call us names, I'd prefer they're somewhat nice. I mean, they don't have to go hey, all crazy on all us, feedback but... is good feedback, as you and I always say why. UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com. Send us in any and all feedback. Bowman, you have any uh, closing thoughts here? I mean, what 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 do you what do you think? I mean, I'm sure you're just as excited as we are for this thing to get started. Oh, absolutely. I can't wait. Um I think that one of the things that will be very interesting is which player is the X factor. You know, in the World Series, you look at World Series MVPs, and they're the craziest list of names. You're like, what in the world? Like, how in the world did Steve Pierce win the MVP when the Red Sox won the World Series? Like, yeah. you look at this, like, where these World Series MVPs are so random. And the question is, will there be a player like that? for one of these teams that comes in and just lights the world on fire. Where a team that I've watched a lot more, I mean, Ben Spores has done that a ton over the past two weeks. He's come in and just hitting, starting to hit home runs and really driving the ball. And it's like, okay, someone like that going to come in and do that in the UMAC tournament. I would agree that me and Ryan, when we hop back on here, I mean, we'd like to have you on every time, Bowman, but this will probably be, you know, the one. Not, I mean, you know, you, you did great. Don't get me wrong. But uh, moving forward here, looking at this from the standpoint of, like you said, Matthew, by the time we're recording again as far as, like, a normal episode, because, I mean, Ryan, I still think we're planning on doing, like, live reactions as of right now, round by round, correct? Yeah, folks, uh, keep your eyes on the Twitter feed at UAO, the UMAC. We're going to be posting updates when we'll be recording. We're going to do whatever we can later this week. Yeah, Lord I'm... willing and health pending, but we'll, we'll be doing all we can. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do what we can, similar to what we did during basketball season. But as far as just like once this whole thing wraps up, I guarantee you, like Matthew just said, there will be a name from the winning team that we will be talking about that we probably thought there was no way in the world we would be mentioning in this guy. Something's going to happen where there will be a guy we didn't think was going to make a big impact steps up and does just that so i'm i am excited to see what's going to happen i'm glad you bring that up matthew that's a good point 
Alrighty, that's. I mean, that's <laughs> that's pretty much all I got. I mean, no, no, wait yeah. a minute. Actually, before I let you guys go, I got to tell my story quick. Yes, yes. It's a quick two minute story. So as you both know, I made my trip back down to the uh, Twin Cities here this past week and got a chance to watch my brother play in the UMAC Championship for tennis. Uh, unfortunately, they took a tough loss to Superior. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. Get them next year. You're Absolutely. only a sophomore. Absolutely. And you yep. know what? For that very reason, that Superior one, I just I don't see him winning baseball. They can't win everything. They, they, oh, they can't win exactly. baseball as well. Of course. But, but uh, anyways, I also got a chance to come to Reynolds Field, watch the baseball game, all that good stuff. And I came back to make my trip back to my homeland here in Crookston. Let's just say the uh, Ford F-150 I drive uh, did no. not start. No. So. No. Go, to, go oh, no. to start. It doesn't start. So long story short here to wrap this up since it's been really long. Driving an old minivan that my grandma used to have now for, no. for this week. And I'll come back and get the F-150 after, you know. So I got to come back this weekend anyway. So that's why I kind of hope, you know, if they, move it, if they move it to Sunday, that would be great. If it's on Saturday, I'm not going to be able to make it back in time. But all this to be said, why am I saying this? Because now I'm driving a minivan instead of a beautiful, nice F-150. Don't get me wrong. Minivan's getting the job done. But there's always one team every single year, Ryan, that gets to postseason play and they don't deliver. All I'm saying is don't be the minivan. You've been the F-150 all year. (laughs) These four teams have been the F-150. They've gotten here. Don't all of a sudden turn into the minivan in the most important week of the season when you need it the most, just like what happened to me this past week. What an analogy. I was confused most of the way, Wyatt, where you were going with that. Here's all I'll say, though, to respond to you. What's wrong with a minivan? You know the minivan's been getting it done. You know the... Go the ahead, go the ahead. analogy only works so far. I mean, it's it's not a perfect analogy no, by no. any means. Like you said, the minivan's getting the job done for me, but it's it's not as cool as the F-150 is all I'm saying. Here's my quick clap back, White, okay? You know, a minivan's been getting the job done for one certain guy for a number of years. He signed a lot of guaranteed contracts, made all this money, and he just upgraded the minivan. I think it was like last month I saw it. But it's the same. It's it's the same car. He won't switch to a nice Cadillac or whatever. He's got all the money in the world, but he won't do it. He's a family man. He just sees the value in it. Lots of space. Do you know who I'm talking about? I do, but I can't remember. Like I've I've heard this story before. It's our guy. It's eight. It's our dude. Who am I talking about? Come on. Well, now you you've, you've quarterback. Come... Oh, really? Eight. Oh, really? Hey, eight. Who's eight? That. No, yeah, yeah. I got you now. Right. Say his name. Kirk. Kirk. Our guy Kirk is still rolling around in a minivan. Good, good for him. I, I'd yes. be a little look up the Instagram about, and follow along. Yes. Uh, I hey, I mean, <laughs> uh, like I said, the analogy only works so far. All I'm saying is, if you can be an F-150 or a minivan, which one do you want to be? This is the conference tournament. You need to deliver. If you've been an F-150 all year, you better not show up as a minivan come Thursday. That's all I'm saying. Hey, it's hot. I want to put the roof down. I want to roll the windows down. I want to be blazing in in a gold mustang this weekend at reynolds field i don't know we don't all have that option though we're not all rich like that ryan so i mean hey i'm driving far less than a mustang i thought it was promise you that i thought it It was was a good good analogy but now apparently it wasn't it was good i'm sorry it was it was great (laughs) i'm I'm gonna end it with that because i'm sure you guys are tired and it's it's been a late long recording any closing thoughts from youtube but that's that's all i got i'm looking forward to see what ends up happening this weekend praying for rain Based on what you said, and for a number of reasons that we also talked about off the mic, for a number of things that are going to make this weekend better, we're praying for rain and we're praying for Sunday. That's all I'll say. Bauman? 
I'm excited, really excited to be there. Um, hopefully my voice comes back. I don't have any more baseball games that I'll be coaching, so I won't be doing any more yeah, yelling. Yeah, um, you'll be fine. No more walk-off home runs, so that'll be good. <laughs> Just had to find team. a way to throw it in there. <laughs> I did. I did. We, it was a part of the – it was earlier, before we started recording, mentioned that my 7th and 8th grade baseball team, where I teach, you know, 6-0, <laughs> trying to uh, win that title. And so thankfully my voice will be better by Thursday. I'm just really looking forward to, like Wyatt said, you can totally see any of these teams winning. And it'll be a huge question from the start of who comes out, who's starting game one for both, all four of these teams, and where do they go after that? Hey, just just do your best to make sure you're keeping the game fun for the kids. I mean, I know you're undefeated, and it's a big thing. Remember, it's it's supposed to be fun for them, though. Don't get caught up in the wins and losses. Amen. Amen. What, what's more fun than a walk-off two-run only? I mean, that's as good as it Orange slices after the game is more fun well, than that. Well, the community, the fellowship. Years, they're not five years hey, old, Ryan. They don't need hey, orange slices. Everyone needs some vitamin C, okay? We need more vitamin C in this world, Wyatt. I don't care what age you are. I, I, I guess mean, I can't disagree. Time, but mom did bring. What did they bring? Mom did bring cookies, so. <laughs> cookies. But it still works. Okay, I've 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 had enough at this point. I I I'm gonna let you guys sign this thing off. Wrap this up. Yeah, final final plug. Like you said, Wyatt, folks, uh, keep your eyes on at UAO the UMAC on Twitter. You can just search unlike any other the UMAC. If you're not on Twitter, hey, just hear us say it right now. As Wyatt mentioned earlier, we are serious. He and I, similar to what we did during the basketball postseason tournament. If you were with us for that, we're gonna plan on doing some instant reaction pods. Okay, after. The first day wraps up. We'll maybe be able to hop on after the second day. We still got to get our schedule scored away, but we are planning on doing that so that you can hear from us in the thick of the tournament. We can maybe change where our thoughts are and just do some updates and really unpack this round by round because otherwise it's going to be so much to unpack at the end of it. So we're going to be busy later on this week. Keep your eyes on the podcast feed or we'll have updates again when we're about to start recording and maybe ask for some of your questions as well if you want to do some interaction again at UAO the UMAC on Twitter. As always, inbox is open. UAO the UMAC at gmail.com. Wyatt and I are still talking about potentially trying to get a guest or two on later this week. We know it's a crunch. We know it's busy for a lot of people, so we can't promise that necessarily. Wyatt, hats off to you for a fantastic interview last week with Adam Fierstad and Ross Beamer. Really appreciate you doing that in my absence. Enjoyed hearing from those guys. And yeah, we're going to keep on going. We're working down the stretch, but we're going to do our best to make this a fun last week of the season, bring you plenty of content. So stay tuned. We're looking forward to this final week. We hope you are at home as well. Thank you for hanging on for this long-winded pod. Enjoy it, folks. The dream is in the process, as I always love to say, and the process is just about almost over. So with that, Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to catch you next time on Unlike Any Other, the UMAC.